are back, baby. Let's go. Dub Nation, we're back in business here. The series is all tied up. It's best of three. Warriors have home court advantage. We got at least two games, if not three games to go. Man, what an exciting time to be a Warriors fan. What an incredible game for. Whew. This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast. I'm your host, Sam Orlick. We're going to be hitting on game three, game four, keys, highlights, takeaways, a little bit of recap. And man, it is great to be with you guys after that performance by Steph Curry. Performance of a lifetime, I'll say. Uh, You know, one of Curry's, if not Curry's, best game of his postseason career. One of the best playoff wins for the Warriors in franchise history, in my opinion. Um, But let's not jump ahead too much. Let's start off, kick things off with a little bit of recap. So, you know, series is tied coming out of San Francisco 1-1. Celtics took game one. Warriors took game two. Warriors head to Boston. Game three, disappointing loss for the Warriors. Very reminiscent of game one. Celtics got up early. They had an 18-point lead at one point um, in the first half, extended into the second half. Warriors had a very nice comeback, ended up taking the lead at one point in the third. They had an 8-0 run in 37 seconds. They had a seven-point possession, uh, which is quite something. Curry got an and one on a three-pointer. The foul was upgraded to a flagrant foul, so... Steph Curry hits the three, hits the free throw. Warriors get the ball back, miss the shot. Offensive rebound, Otto Porter hits another three. So seven-point possession on top of a, an 8-0 run. Helps put the Warriors back in the map, get them back into the game. Boston would respond and take a four-point lead heading into the fourth quarter. And then Boston just repeat game one performance, just blitzes the Warriors in the fourth, goes on a 23-11 run, and Warriors don't have a chance. Uh, Clay Thompson got loose in this one, though, so that was great to see him finally get going. He had 25 points. Curry would actually end up getting hurt in the fourth quarter to the dismay of Warriors fans. Very similar play to what happened earlier in the regular season against Boston with Marcus Smart. Loose ball, Curry dives for it, Horford dives for it, Horford lands on Curry's right foot. Curry comes up with a noticeable limp, plays through it, would play a few more possessions. At this point, the game was out of reach. So Steve Kerr pulls the plug and brings in the bench unit. Curry would say after the game that he will play, no doubt. Warriors fans, myself included, very nervous, anxiously waiting to see what would happen. Um, Everything was good. He rehabbed, got the right care for it, and obviously was ready to go came out in game four had the game of a lifetime 43 points and 10 rebounds just absolutely all over the place in this one um curry would go 14 of 26 from the field 7 of 14 from three eight of nine from the free throw line 10 rebounds four assists um 
surprisingly, he's only plus 11 in the minutes he played in the 40 minutes that he played. Uh, Clay Thompson also was good in this one. 7 of 17 from the field, 18 points. Andrew Wiggins, 17 points, 16 rebounds. Uh, the last player to put up 17-16 like that was Nate the Great, Nate Thurman for the Warriors. Um, so quite an accomplishment for Andrew Wiggins. He has been playing simply incredible. Uh, after this win, the Warriors have now won at least one road game for an NBA record 27 consecutive playoff series going back to 2013. Let me repeat that one more time. Since 2013, the Warriors have now won at least one road game for 27 consecutive playoff series. That is quite an accomplishment, man. Um, what else can we say? I mean, this was not this was not an easy game. Game four, far from it. Celtics had a 94-90 lead after Marcus Smart hit a three with five minutes left to go. And the Celtics wouldn't score until basically the one-minute mark. Um, the Warriors really flipped the script on the Celtics as far as taking care of business in the fourth quarter. And this was the battle of the rebounds, 100%. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of Game 3, Game 4 comparison, but 55-42 um, to 42 edge Warriors on the boards. 16 of those were offensive Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, and Andrew Wiggins combined for 12 of those. And then, I mean, team-wise stats, everything was more or less equaled out. 22-20 uh, assists, Edge Warriors. 16-15 turnovers, Edge Boston. 15 of 43 versus 15 of 38 from three. Uh, and then Warriors, 40 uh, for 91 from the field. Boston, 34 of 85 from the field. So... You know, Warriors had 13 more rebounds than the Celtics, six more shots, and that was the difference in a 10-point win. Basically a must-win game. Um, just absolutely incredible. I mean, it, it it's hard to find words to explain the brilliance that was Steph Curry in this game. You know, if you didn't watch it, you really need to go back and watch the replay because this is a game of of games, of all games in recent Warriors vintage franchi franchise history, at least in the last 20 years. Um, this was as good of a version of Steph Curry as I've ever seen. Boston just simply had no way to stop him. Um, nobody else really for the Warriors had much going offensively. As I said, Wiggins had 17, Clay Thompson had 18, Jordan Poole had 14, Bielitsa 0 for 2, Gary Payton 2 of 3, Kevon Looney 3 of 4, Draymond Green 1 for 7, Otto Porter 0 for 2. So, I mean, it was the Steph Curry show, and the Boston Celtics knew it, the Warriors knew it, and there was nothing that they could do to stop him. It was really incredible. Um... I think it's interesting, you know, you have to think whether Warriors win or lose at this point, I just don't see how Steph Curry doesn't end up getting finals MVP with the way that he's played. So uh, we'll we'll talk more about that later. No need to get our head ahead of ourselves there. Um, so, you know, Dub Nation, you know, let's let's talk a little bit a little bit about what's going on here because it seems like we've got 
different versions of the Warriors and Celtics showing up to these games with, with different results. And um, I want to dive into it a little bit and talk about some adjustments that the Warriors made here in game four. And I think really what one of the main adjustments that you can attribute to this victory down the stretch in the fourth quarter for the Warriors in game four, Steve Kerr decides to bench Draymond Green at about the eight minute mark. Uh, for Kevon Looney and you know after the game Kerr kind of came out and said well it was the time that we normally take out Draymond Green and Looney had been so successful but you know it's and look and look listen Draymond Green in game four 33 minutes one of seven for the field which we mentioned over two from three but still nine rebounds eight assists four steals um, two turnovers three fouls two points so you know Green, the counting stats were there, you know, five offensive rebounds, eight assists, four steals, good numbers, just not able to put the ball in the basket. And so he has really struggled in this matchup dealing with the length of Boston, not able to get to the rim, not able to finish oversized, not necessarily able to draw fouls, not able to hit his outside shots, and then not really able to operate at the top of the key either because Boston has been doing such a good job of reading the passing lanes. So offensively, at least, I think it's safe to say that, you know, Green has basically been rendered useless offensively. Um, You know, sure, he is still the Warriors' best option on a defensive rebound or a turnover, to get the Warriors in transition and to find Curry, Thompson, Poole, uh, Wiggins, and, you know, get them good offense, get them good early offense. So I'm not taking away from that because Draymond Green is the one-man fast break always. But in the half-court sets, he really, really has struggled against Boston um, this whole series. And so, sure, you know, you could say as a fan, as a casual fan, like, yeah, obviously you bench him, no problem. Like, no question about that. But this is Draymond Green. This is, you know, three, three-time three NBA champion, uh, defensive player of the year. Um, that's not an easy decision for Steve Kerr to decide to bench Green despite his struggles. Uh, meanwhile, Kevon Looney has just quietly been one of the Warriors' most consistent um and just most reliable players on the team. Looney, three of four from the field, uh, four offensive rebounds, 11 rebounds total, two assists, a steal, a block, and uh, six points, but plus 21, a team high plus 21 in 28 minutes. And I think that's all that you really need to know about Kevon Looney. He is there in the spots where you need him to be. He's such an underrated rebounder. He's a great defender. And just makes the right plays. Um, sure, he doesn't quite have the same ability as Draymond Green to step out and stretch the floor and hit a three. Uh, sure, Green's not even hitting those threes this series, at least. But, you know, we've seen Draymond Green hit threes when left wide open. So Looney doesn't do that, but he he basically does everything else. And so Kavon Looney has been an incredible defender, doing a great job defending the rim, doing a great job rebounding which is really the key in game four was the Warriors out rebounding the Celtics by 13, grabbing those 16 offensive rebounds 
getting the Warriors second chance opportunities, second looks at the hoop. Um, and it was a, you know, it was a, a mob mentality as far as rebounding goes. You know, Andrew Wiggins had 16 rebounds, three offensive. Draymond Green, we mentioned, had nine. Uh, Curry had 10. Looney had 11. So, I mean, geez, your starting lineup, you know, combines for, what do we got here? 20, 30, 46 rebounds of your 55 come from the starters. That's insane. Um, no, I'm sorry, I take that back because Otto Porter actually opens opened the game as a starter. Uh, Porter has struggled a little bit. I still think he's a really great fit to start with Draymond Green in there. He spaces the floor for sure. In this game, he had two great looks at three, but just couldn't hit him. 0 for 2 from the from three-point land, 2 of 2 from the foul line. One rebound, one assist. He only had 14 minutes, but um, I still love Otto Porter. He's been great this whole postseason, um, doing a really nice job in a lot of different ways. So that's been really nice to see. And... Um, Yeah, rebounds. Um, crucial that the Warriors got these second chance opportunities. And when you look at game three and what went wrong, again, it was rebounds. Out rebounded were the Warriors 47 to 31. They only had six offensive. Boston had 16 offensive rebounds in that game. So um, that kind of looks like to be the difference. I mean, it's real interesting. The, the Warriors and the Celtics are shooting near identical numbers from three. The assists are pretty close. The turnovers are pretty close. Um, it's come down to rebounds now in, in these last few games. And so it's going to be really interesting looking ahead to game five and see, you know, who's going to be more aggressive on the boards because there seems to be some correlation between the teams, the team that secures the most rebounds puts themselves in the best chance to win because they're getting more shot attempts than the other team. Uh, pretty simple, but um, easier said than done. And so the Warriors now, after you know that disappointing game three loss, looking like, you know, feeling, feeling desperate for sure, 100%. Pressure was on in the Warriors. Pressure was on for the Warriors in game four to get this win. And I think we talked about this in the last pod that every after every game in the series, the momentum completely changes. And so Celtics come out and steal game one at home for the Warriors or uh, on the road or at home at Chase. Warriors tie the series 1-1. You're feeling good about everything. Then Celtics, you know, put the put the clamps back on in game three. Warriors feeling like if if they drop another game, they get down 3-1, everything's over. And then now Warriors come out and steal game four on the road, and everything's tied up again, and now you got a best-of-three series. You know, forget about the last four games. We got three games left, at least two, and uh, Warriors have home court advantage here. So the Warriors don't have to win on the road. Boston has to win on the road at least once. And so I think right now the Warriors are in a great position to take care of this this series and uh, find themselves 
yet again as NBA champions. Um, this is what I predicted after game two. Uh, you know, win a game on the road and then come back and take care of business at home. And then hopefully, you know, ended at game six in, uh, in Boston. But, man, Steph Curry... Steph Curry's game four performance. Um, if there was any question about who the most valuable player on the Warriors is, um, yeah, I don't think anyone is going to be able to say anything about Curry not showing up in the postseason, not, you know, taking for granted that what he's done in, in previous postseason runs and finals, finals performances and, and what have you. And, uh, you know, giving credit to Kevin Durant or, or others that he played with or having uh, more depth or anything like that. You know, I think we can put all those conversations to bed now uh, because here we were in basically a must-win game on the road. Warriors knew it. Boston knew it. That nobody had anything going but Curry. And yet, Curry took care of business. Um and it wasn't a parade to the foul line, and it wasn't, um, you know, the refs didn't gift him a bunch of free calls. It wasn't like Curry hit 10 threes in a row either. It was everything. He took what the defense gave him, um, and he made the most of it every time. If it was a long two-point bank shot, right, coming out of halftime, first possession, Curry, you know, Curry gets the ball to the three-point line. Defender flies past him, one step in, banks it off the backboard for two points. Um, he was willing. He had the mindset that he needed to score. He needed to will this team. He knew it. Um, and he was willing to take whatever shot was there for him. He wasn't trying to hunt three-pointers. He wasn't trying to, to relentlessly attack the rim. He was literally reading the defense and making the open play, making the making the right play, and shooting with high confidence, and, and shooting very efficiently. Again, uh, 14 of 26 from the field. Um, and at the same time, you know, 10 rebounds, two offensive, four assists, five turnovers, uh, only three fouls in this one, playing uh, nearly 41 minutes. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to sit here and think of think of the right words to just put it into perspective, but it was really just a masterpiece. And if you didn't get a chance to watch the game, I highly suggest you go back and rewatch it because this was just a performance for the ages. Um, you know, Steph Curry is truly a magician. Um, and just everything he he's done for this franchise and continues to do, I think, you know, Dub Nation is uh, forever, forever grateful and thankful that the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves decided to not draft Curry twice, um, let him falling to us at seven, and uh, that they stayed patient with this guy through the ankle surgeries, through the broken hand, um, because he is truly elite. Uh, you know, best shooter of all time. And he's still got more left in the tank. This isn't, you know, I think we're far from seeing the last of Steph Curry. 
uh, in this Warriors team. I think they're just they're just getting started for their second wind. Um, that being said, you know it's great that the Warriors came out and won Game Four, but series is tied. There's two more wins to be had on either side. We've got Game Five Monday night at Chase. Um, like I said, Boston's got to win at least once in Chase. Warriors just have to win at home. Um, I'd really like to see the Warriors avoid another home court meltdown game one performance. Uh, but you know the Celtics are going to be hungry. You know the Celtics are disappointed that they missed the opportunity to go up 3-1. Be curious to see what they do to try and stop Curry, if they even can. Um, Horford and Robert Williams were just continuing to, I don't say like misplay, um, Steph Curry in those high pick and rolls going under the screen and not meeting him uh, or running him off the line allowing him to get open looks from three so we'll see it's interesting um, you know I thought that game four it was pretty obvious that that Curry needed to be the one to unlock this team to carry them and Boston wasn't able to do it so I kind of feel like they just don't have an answer to Curry. So that's what we'll see in game five. What is the adjustment on the Celtics side? And then for the Warriors and Steve Kerr, do they continue, you know, how do they continue to manage Green's minutes? Does Draymond Green figure something out offensively to get himself going? Obviously, the team needs him to. Uh, we need points. We need production. We need extra opportunities um, extra looks at the hoop so we're gonna need everything we can get I'd love to see somebody not named Curry or Thompson to hit an open three you know Andrew Wiggins two of six and Jordan Poole two of seven that helps but uh, Draymond Green 0 for 2 Otto Porter 0 for 2 uh, Bielitsa 0 for 1 Gary Payton 0 for 1 in game four so you need the others to step up and if you can get like a four four three-pointer game from Otto Porter like in game three then I think Warriors got this game five in the back um you just need other guys to step up and contribute with timely buckets uh at least hit the wide open ones man it just it just always pains me so much when you got Otto Porter or Bielitsa or somebody off the bench with just a wide open look at three um you really got to knock those down, especially the corner threes. So, but, you know, I, I don't think this is all about offense either. Um, for the Warriors and for the Celtics, I mean, looking at these numbers and the team stats, a lot of these stats are equalized. The three-pointers, the turnovers, the assists, it's come down to rebounds in a lot of these games. And so I'd like to see the Warriors continue to attack the boards, limit Boston's second chance opportunities, uh, continue to fight for those offensive rebounds, and uh, put themselves in the best position to take care of business here in Game 5. Um, looking ahead here at the injury updates, Steph Curry said his foot feels great, quote-unquote. That's from uh, Anthony Slater of The Athletic. And then Robert Williams apparently tweaked his knee in Game 4 and asked to come out. But the Celtics are optimistic he will be available tomorrow night. Um, so we will continue to track that and see. Uh, Robert Williams has just been a beast defending the rim. So that would obviously be a really big hit for the Celtics. If he's not able to play, 
you got to think that he's going to play, you know, all the cards are on the table, all the stakes are out there. Um, this isn't the time to, uh, to, you know, kind of wimp out, I guess, or not wimp out. That's not, that's not really fair to say, but, um, you know, if you're healthy enough to play and you're dealing with pain, now's the time to do it. If it's borderline, um, I don't know. It's tough. It's it's really a tough question. I'm sure the Celtics are pressuring him to play, and you know I'm not the team doctor. I'm not on the training staff. I don't know anything about um, the specifics of the injury he's been dealing with and the treatment that he's been getting and how he's being how he's responding. So I'm not even going to put myself in the position to try and say what he should do. Uh, I just think that you know professional athletes today are put under the microscope and um, really under a lot of pressure to perform, especially at the highest level when uh, it's high stakes basketball. And this is the highest of the stakes, the NBA finals. And so, you know, you'd think that anybody who can probably get out there and play with, you know, at least 70% effectiveness is probably going to go out there and play because, I will say this when Robert Williams is not out there defending the rim, it's a, uh, it's a parade to the basket. Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins. You got a lot of guys on the Warriors who get to the rim. And so Warriors would definitely be happy to not see Robert Williams suit up for this one. Um, before we sign off guys, I just want to remind you for all those fantasy players out there, there is no such thing as the off season. Only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our experts are working around the clock, pumping out important lessons learned in draft analysis on this incoming rookie class so that you, the listener, can get a jump on your game prep. And we're also going to have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But you must be a part of our premium membership team. So head to sportethos.com now, click on the premium tab, and grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because it's only $5.99. See you there. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. Please give me a follow over at Twitter if you haven't already at S-D-O-R-L-I-K. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Let's go Dubs. We got a big game five, pivotal game five here Monday night. So we will catch you for the next one.